Hi, thanks for listening. In 20 seconds or less, I wanted to ask if you would consider supporting the show with a one-time donation of $1 to $3. The funds go to subscription fees, equipment upkeep, and a general sense of well-being. Links in the show notes. And again, thanks for listening. Okay, on with the show. Chapter 45 As Nicole sat in her car, with Walt and the others in the motorhome behind her, a thought occurred to her. She picked up the radio. Walt, everybody listen. We'll hit the compound today, probably late afternoon. When we get to the gate, they'll stop us. They will probably be on some kind of lockdown and super paranoid. So just keep your hands in sight and no sudden movements. Once my father knows it's me, we shouldn't have any problems. Just let me do the talking until then, okay? She said. We read you, man, loud and clear. We're headed for the belly of the beast, so I plan on keeping my head low, man, Walt said. Nicole smiled as she set down the radio. Good old Walt, she said as she started the GTO and pointed it out of town. The pristine wilderness of the Rocky Mountains whizzed by their windows as they drove into the higher elevations. They came to a T in the road. Just ahead was a sign pointing to the left that read, Government Installation, 45 Miles, Authorized Personnel Only, Deadly Force Authorized. Nicole stared at the sign for a moment and then turned the wheel. Walt followed behind. They wound ever higher and away from what had once been civilization. An hour later, with the sun starting its descent in the western sky, a sign became visible around a bend in the road. Welcome to Government Secrets, the undisclosed location. Walt's voice came over the radio. Is that the name of the town, man? Government Secrets? Nicole picked up the radio. It's the town just outside the compound. Government housing for the contractors and military who work in the mountain, Nicole said. First they have a sign that says they can kill you. Then they make a joke by naming the town government secrets. That's just wrong, man, Walt said. Nicole smiled and called back. Yeah, well, it's something you might want to keep to yourself, you know, until you and my dad become buds, Nicole said. Walt chuckled over the radio. Oh, yeah, right, man he said. As they drove through the town, they noticed that it looked entirely abandoned. I thought you said they housed all the employees in town. This looks like nobody has been here for months, maybe not since the beginning, Sam said. Nicole gazed out her window at the empty-looking houses and storefronts. The town wasn't destroyed. It just looked like everybody had disappeared. Hey, what's with the town, man? It looks abandoned. Walt said over the radio. Nicole picked it up. Yeah, Sam and me were just talking about that. I don't know. They probably moved everybody into the mountain when it all hit the fan. We'll know more when we get to the gate, Nicole said. Ten minutes later, they were through the town and headed down another two-lane. They emerged from the trees 
and saw a single checkpoint mounted on a concrete island in the middle of the road. A crossbar extended from the shack across the road. Beyond the guard station, a massive tunnel cut into the mountain. Overhead lights could be seen stretching off into the mountain, disappearing around a curve in the road. I don't see anybody up there, Sam said. Nicole scanned ahead and saw no movement. She sat in the road, the GTO's engine idling the only sound. Behind her, the motorhome waited. Nicole eased down on the gas and approached the station. As she pulled up, she wound down her window. Where she expected an immediate challenge from a hard-faced guard, she saw only the empty booth. Hello, excuse me, is anybody in there? She said. Hoping that the guard was merely seated, she expected him or her to pop up. When no one did, Nicole gripped the wheel and looked around. There was no sign of anybody. The place looked as abandoned as the town below. She got out and looked back at Walt and the others, who had all crowded up in front of the motorhome to see what was happening. Nicole held up her hand, letting them know they should stay put for the time being. She went over to the shack and looked inside. All was in order, except for the guard. Nicole turned and looked around. She stepped away from the guard shack and headed for the tunnel. Sam and the others all kept their eyes locked on her as she became lost to view, just inside the shadowy recess of the tunnel entrance up ahead. Several minutes later, she came walking back out, towards the GTO. Reaching the car, she leaned in and looked at Sam. I don't know, Sam. There's nobody around. I checked the tunnel to see if there was anybody in there. There weren't any vehicles in the tunnel either, she said. Sam turned from her and looked back at the tunnel. Maybe they're all locked up tight inside. I mean, what's to do out here, right? he said. Nicole rose and put her hands on her hips, her lips pursed in thought. Yeah, well, if they're all locked inside, then how do we get in? Surely they would still have surveillance out here, even if they didn't have a guard. They should know we're out here and have sent somebody, you know? She said. Nicole looked around a final time, then headed back to the motorhome. Sam watched as Walt wound down his window and leaned out. Nicole shielded her eyes from the setting sun as she spoke to Walt. A moment later, she came back to the car. Sam watched as Nicole went into the guard shack and hit a button, raising the gate arm. She exited the shack and climbed back inside the GTO. What are we going to do? Sam said. Nicole kept her eyes locked on the tunnel. We're going to sit here and wait for them to come arrest us for raising their gate, she said. Sam slumped in his seat as they both stared into the recess of the massive tunnel. Minutes passed without any movement from the tunnel. Finally, Nicole picked up the radio. Okay, Walt, we're going to head in. Just take it slow and stop if approached. Just play it cool, she said. Roger that, Walt said. Nicole put the car in drive as the two vehicles headed into the mountain. The silence was heavy as no one spoke. Something just didn't seem right to Nicole. Someone should have been at the guard station. They should have been challenged when Nicole raised the gate, and certainly there should have been armed response when they drove their vehicles into the tunnel. The only reaction was no reaction. Perhaps after what had happened in the world, the powers that be saw no need to waste precious manpower guarding a gate whose only visitors 
promised to be reanimated dead. Nicole just hoped that when they got to the end of this road, there would be some indication that things were under control and that they would let them in. As they made their way through the tunnel, the growing sense of claustrophobia gave way when they emerged into a massive cavern that had been carved out from the rock. A wide expanse of cavern floor was marked off in parking spaces. The whole place was lit by a myriad of halogen lights. Nicole brought her car to a slow stop as the motorhome eased to a stop beside her. Sam peered through the windshield at the largest door he had ever seen. That thing looks twenty feet high, Sam said. Nicole didn't take her eyes off the door. Twenty-five and four feet thick solid steel, though technically that's supposed to be a top secret, she said. Nicole cut the engine and eased her door open. Sam opened his door and they both got out. The others piled out of the motorhome and together they gathered in a group in front of the vehicles. They all stared at the monstrous door no one seeming to either know or be willing to make the first move. Finally, Nicole felt the pressure of taking action. Well, come on, maybe they have a doorbell, she said. Should we bring our guns? Paul said. Nicole kept her eyes straight ahead. I think it would not be a good idea to attempt to gain entrance to the government's most secret military base armed with rifles, she said. Good point. Paul said as the group made no effort beyond baby steps to approach the door. When they got halfway across the staging area in front of the entrance, Walt cocked his head. Well, hey man, does that door look slightly open to you? He said. Nicole almost laughed at him until she took a closer look at the door herself. The door did not seem to make a tight seal with the frame set into the rock wall around it. As they approached, it became increasingly obvious that the door was not secured. A thin frame of light surrounded the door that was sitting ever so slightly ajar. The group stopped about six feet in front of it. This doesn't make any sense, she said. She looked to her right and saw the guard station set against the rock wall. She went over and stepped up into it. She saw a telephone on the small desk inside. Below the number pad was a series of buttons. One was labeled A-C-C-C-N-T-R-L. She picked up the receiver and pushed the button. Through the receiver, she could hear the ringing on the other end. Oh, hey, man, I hear a phone ringing in there, Walt said. Nicole leaned out of the guard shack. Yeah, Walt, it's probably me. I was trying to call someone on the inside, she said. Yeah, well, it doesn't look like anyone's home, man, Walt said. Nicole pursed her lips in consternation and hung up the phone. As she approached the group, Walt stared at the door. Ringing stopped, he said. Nicole crossed her arms over her chest and started biting the nail on her forefinger. What do you think, Nicole? Sam said. Nicole looked at him and then back to the door, her only response to bite more of her nail. Well, even with the door open just a little, it's not enough for us to get in. I mean, that thing must weigh a hundred tons. There's no way we could move it, Billy said. Paul stared at the door. Actually, he said, his words trailing off. Paul approached the door. All eyes followed him. Nicole was about to protest when Paul put one hand on the door and gave a firm pull. He stepped back as the massive door slowly swung open enough to gain them entrance. He turned around and stared at the group who gawked at him. 
Paul shrugged his shoulders. Engineering was his only response. The group stared at the now open door. As one, they moved forward. Hello? My name is Nicole Bennett. I'm Colonel Bennett's daughter, Nicole said by way of identification. As the group crossed the threshold of the massive door, they all came to a sudden stop. Just inside and all over the floor were fifteen bodies, their arms outstretched as if reaching for the door. Their bodies were riddled with bullet holes, but there was at least one in each of their heads. Nicole and the others all stared at the bodies in shock. On second thought, Paul, maybe getting our guns is a good idea, Nicole said. 